Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. And uh, on Wednesday nights, we do a more of a Bible study format, and we've been in the book of Proverbs walking through that. And uh, we just finished chapter three, and so we're going we're gonna to go through some of chapter four tonight, and then uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm, I can get through most of this chapter tonight. So if you're, like I said, if you're taking notes, I've told you this before, make sure you drop some things down. I've got some good things for you to bring into your life. And uh, I'm not going to get into much review except just to tell you that the main theme of Proverbs is about what? Wisdom. Yes. Not just about wisdom, but about getting it into your life. Amen? Being aggressive and vigilant about getting wisdom into your life. So uh, if you would, please turn to the book of Proverbs in chapter 4. And I will be reading from the New King James Version and some from the Message Translation as well as it reads so wonderfully through this entire book and referencing both of those things as we walk through it. Are you ready? All right. Everybody buckle their seatbelt. All right. I've heard one. All right. Verse 1. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father and give attention. That word attention means to listen and obey. To give attention, that is to listen and to obey. How many of you in here have kids? And when you're getting their attention, are you listening to me? What you mean by that is, are you hearing what I'm saying and then planning on doing what I'm telling you? Right? Because I don't want to repeat myself. If I have to repeat myself, I have to rebeat you. Yeah. Okay. Give attention. Listen to obey. To know understanding. That is to know understanding. For I give you Good, listen, for I give you good doctrine, do not forsake my law. What is he saying? He's, he's talking about getting serious about the Word of God. This is the message to us today. A father to a son, our Heavenly Father to us tonight, tells us, get serious about my Word. Get it into your life. All right? The message, I like the way the message reads here. It says, I'm giving you good counsel. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Verse 3, when I was my father's son. Now, this is David instructing Solomon at this point. Remember, David wrote the first six chapters of Proverbs, and then Solomon took it from there. And we've talked about this before, how that in these first six chapters, he's inundated with wisdom, 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 with teaching his son this. And so it's no wonder that when the Lord appeared to Solomon later on in his life and asked him what he wanted, that he said, I want wisdom. Because he knew if he got wisdom, he got everything that comes with it. Right? Got everything. He didn't stop short at the riches. He didn't stop short at, at the nice home or any of those things. He got wisdom. He got all that. Right? See, when you got Jesus, you got everything. Because the Bible says Christ has become wisdom unto us. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1.30, if you want to reference that. It says, when I was my father's son, t- tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. I don't know how many times I tell my kids that. If you'll listen to me, you will live another day. If you listen to me, I'm giving you words of life, and if you'll hold on to these things, they'll help your life. And it'll be a lot less painful on you if you'll just do what I tell you to do, if you'll take my words and take them serious. Amen. Look at verse 5. Get wisdom. There it is. Get wisdom. Now, see, this tells us here that we know that we can get it then. Right? As we read earlier in this book, that wisdom is crying out in the streets. Y'all remember that? that it's, so that it's been laid up for us and not from us. 
that it's available and the wisdom of God is there to be had. The word wisdom here, I want to remind you of this. It means the knowledge uh, of what is true and right coupled with good judgment. Get wisdom. Get understanding. And that word for understanding is insight. When you get wisdom, then you'll get insight. That's what it's saying. Get wisdom, then you'll get understanding. Get wisdom, you get insight. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. That uh, term, turn away, means to don't let your heart go in another direction. See, once you get your life going in the direction of the wisdom of God, and you're, that is, really, it's His Word. You're pursuing the Word of God for your life, and you're, you're taking His counsel into your life, and you've, you've decided that you've come to the place in your life that you're not going to argue with Him anymore, that you're not going to butt heads with God's Word anymore, that you're going to receive it into your life, receive His instruction, receive His counsel and His wisdom, then then um, you're going after what is true and after what is right, then you cannot allow your heart to go into another direction. See, even when you sin, that is not the time to say, well, I blew it. I mean, I was so far with God, and then I blew it. I mean, it seems like I've fallen so far, now there's no way I can ever get back up as high as I was. You know, you disappointed God. You know, that's what you feel like. I just can't risk doing that anymore. So then you feel like you've got to walk this lonely road of penance until you prove to God that you're truly sorry for what you've done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, it, nothing can be further from the truth. That kind of thinking, that kind of living is so far from what God has for you. It's not even what he's, he doesn't require that of you. Certain denominations might require that of you. Certain churches might require that of you. Hmm? Something to, to appease your own flesh. You know, if we just beat up ourselves enough, then maybe we'll feel okay that we can now approach God. Okay, God, I've cried a lot of tears and I feel so bad. Now will you accept me? Forgetting that, no, he doesn't accept you based on your tears or your crying. He accepts you because he loves Jesus. He accepts you because blood was shed for you. You've got to remember that you have a covenant with God, that sin was washed away from your life. I mean, God's not looking through your sin so that he can see your ugliness. He's looking through the blood, and he sees you pure and holy and right with God. My goodness. Hmm. But I want you to think about if you have sinned and, and you feel like, you just feel like you're riddled with guilt and you're so frustrated and disappointed in yourself, you know? Because, you know, you make advances and it's like two steps forward and one step back and sometimes one step forward and two steps back and it's just this, ah, and, you, and you just, you're, you're always eaten up with guilt and shame and just trying to come up out of the muck and then only to come fall back in it. And Am I talking to anybody tonight? Hmm? And it's this struggle. But I want you to think about that for just one moment. Because there was a time in your life you weren't struggling with sin. Before you met the Lord, you weren't struggling with sin. Right? I mean, you were splitting hell wide open. And enjoying every, every step of the way. 
I mean, you were ready to do a cannonball into the lake of fire. You didn't care. You didn't care. You were having a great time. Right? None of that meant anything to you. But now, everybody say, but now. See, but now things are different. Because you're not who you once were, and you don't feel about the things, those things like you used to. See, now you've made your life accountable to God Almighty. Now you've been born all over again. Now that sin doesn't set right with you, and things have certainly changed, haven't they? You don't feel about certain things that you used to feel. So you once acted like a pig when you fell in the mud. Yeah, you wallowed in it. Had a great time at a party. Right? Things are different now. Now, you're like a little lamb. You fall into that mud and you start to cry. And you start to struggle to get out because you know you don't belong there. It just doesn't feel right anymore because you've been changed. See, the very fact that there's a struggle ought to be proof to you that you're on the right track. Are you hearing me tonight? The very fact. That you're seeing things the way God sees them. Hmm. So you see yourself now more like God sees you. How does he see you? Holy. Blameless. Righteous. Yeah. See, it's at that moment is where you have to decide, okay, I can either, I can either play this game again or I can come boldly before the throne of grace. And take my rightful place as a child of God. And say, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for the blood that was shed for me. Thank you that where sin abounded, Jesus' grace did much more abound. And I take my rightful place. I stand here holy and blameless because of the blood of Jesus that cleanses me from all my sin. Hallelujah. I'm a new creation in Christ. Father God, you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You said, I am seated right there in heavenly places with Christ. Are you hearing me today? See, this is how, this is how, you, this is how, this is how you deal with the sin. Right. This is how you deal with the junk. You don't run away from church. You don't get out of the word because you're ashamed. You don't stop. Those are all, the devil loves that. He just goes, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you. Good. That one done. No. No. No, 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 no. You press in. You stay in church. You pick up that Bible again. You open your mouth and you talk to God again. Am I helping you tonight? Huh? This is the truth. I said this is the truth. See, there are forces at work. There are forces at work that are trying to get your heart to go in the wrong direction. So you must make a conscious effort and attempt to keep your heart going in the right direction. This is why he continues to say, get wisdom. Get a hold of the words of God. Get a hold of it and don't let go of it. Amen. All right, let's go to verse six. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. The word preserve, you're gonna like this, means to keep you alive. Wow. If wisdom will keep you alive, then what will stupid do? <laughs> or, or what has stupid done? <laughs> 
she will keep you alive. It also means to keep safe from harm or injury. Years ago, when I was attending Bible college at Christ for the Nations, we used to go visit this rope swing out at, uh, off Daniel Dale Road down in South Oak Cliff. Anybody know where Daniel Dale Road is down there? No? Yeah, you know where that is? You know where the rope swing is? <laughs> we used to go swing on this rope swing. And my friend Charlie Jones and all my other knucklehead friends decided that it was, they, they had an idea. And I should have known the kind of company I was keeping at that time <laughs> not to listen to their counsel, but I did. As they told me, Eric, you know what we ought to do? Um, you grab hold of that rope and we'll pull you way up like this. We'll all get you way up in the air then see how far we can swing you out over the river. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. And uh, well, the thing was about this rope is that you had to jump up and grab this knot and swing out. Well, when I grabbed a hold of the rope and they began to pull me back, well, I'm, I'm letting more rope out and more rope out and more rope out. So I'm holding on to the very bottom of the rope, all right? And they push and they go, one, two, three, and they throw me up and I just go, slam! Just right down the ground and just went, it looked like a Three Stooges episode, just went melting down into the, off, and down the bank and into the water. And I, I'm telling you what, I thought it killed me. I really did. I thought I was never going to get my breath back again. And I was going, <laughs> trying to get breath back because I mean, I landed right on my side and ate all this up real good and my arm and everything. And those guys laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And then they, just, then they realized that I was injured, you know. And so they pulled me out of the river and, and uh, finally I caught my breath and I looked at them all. <laughs> and I realized at that point, I've got to get new friends. I have got to get some friends to have wisdom. Amen? <laughs> wisdom will keep you alive. And stupid will, well, you fill in the blanks. Amen? All right, let's continue to go to the second part of verse 6. Love her, and she will keep you. Verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Now, if you haven't underlined any place in your Bible, you ought to underline that right there. Wisdom is the principal thing. The word principal means first in importance. It is first in importance. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, guess what you'll get? Get understanding. So with all the wisdom you'll get, you're going to get insight. Now, you know what, you know what that's like. And I said something about that earlier, that when you come to church and you continue to hear, to, hear the word of God and you, you take in this wise counsel, guess what it gives you for your life out there? Insight. Yeah. Helps you see how to live life. Yeah. How God's called you to live. Yeah. Yeah. You talk to your boss different now. Yeah. Well, you should anyway. <laughs> talk to your wife different. Talk to your husband different. Yeah. That, you've taken that wisdom into your life and it's given you insight for life. And it's helped you pick your battles. Yeah. Right. And you realize that some of those battles, man, you wasted a lot of time yeah. swinging your fist yeah. and accomplishing zero. Yeah. Right? I think about the fights me and Heather used to have. I go, oh, my God. Did we really waste time doing that to each other? Did we really? 
God, thank you for helping us grow. I mean, I, I think even 10, 15, 20 years from now, I'll look back and go, did I really still, 17 years after being married to her, <laughs> fight, like, fight with her like that? Did I really say those things? I know I'm not alone up here. Look at verse 8. Exalt her. The word exalt means to elevate in rank. This is good. To elevate in rank, honor, and power. Elevate her and she will promote you. Now, I know there was a time in my life when wisdom was not at the top of my list. Can I get a witness tonight? You know, there was a time in my life when, I, you know, especially in my teenage years, when I was just trying to figure out which girlfriend I was going to have. Right? Or what movie I was going to go see or what kind of car was I going to drive or you know, wisdom was somewhere way, down, way down on the list. Now Heather might say it's still somewhere down there, but she's not in here tonight, so I'm going to tell you it's up way up there at the top now. But uh, you know, but you know what? The truth is, I had to come to a place in my life, and I think all of us understand this: that you have to that I had to elevate wisdom. I had to put the Word of God up here. Yeah. 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 Amen. Mm-hmm. I had to invest time into it. I had to read it. I had to meditate on it. I had to get it in my mouth. I had to memorize it. I had to hear it preached to me so that, so that it could take, so that it could take a hold of my life. Amen? Amen. And, 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 and it had to become priority. You are, uh, she, that is, verse 8, will bring you honor when you embrace her. Listen to these promises. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. We all like grace here, don't we? unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. So wisdom will bring grace and glory into your life. See, even tonight, even tonight, you chose, thank you, Pastor Everett, even tonight you chose to elevate wisdom. Now, you might not have had that in your thought process, but you could have done other things instead of coming to the house of God, hearing the word God preach. I mean, for Pete's sake, it's season 10 of American Idol tonight. But, you know, you could have stayed home. You could have stayed home and, and caught up on the laundry. Can I hear a witness, ladies? <laughs> and Derek? <laughs> I'm only saying it because he's back there. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, no, you could, have done a, you could have done a lot of things, right? You could have just vegged out tonight. But... Um, and you could have uh, stayed wor- at work later and got some things done, but you chose to lay those things aside. And you elevated wisdom tonight. You placed a high priority on the house of God. Because you understand that the house of God is where the heart of God is, right? And what his eyes are looking at. Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Look at verse 10. Let's keep moving. Hear my son and receive. That is to actively take my sayings, receive, actively take. Uh, Notice all the action that you are involved in concerning the word of God, the wisdom of God. Hear my son and actively take my sayings. And look at this, another, another wonderful promise. And the years of your life will be many. You actively take in the word of God into your life, and the years of your life will be many. 
Verse 11, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you go, your version might say that, or when you walk, walk where? Go where? In the way of wisdom. You used to walk one way, but now you're walking in the way of wisdom. The word walk here means the pathways of the behaviors of your life. Hmm. When you walk, that is, take the pathways of the behaviors of your life, your steps will not be hindered. The word hindered means distressed, anxious, fearful, or frustrated. Your steps will not be distressed, anxious, fearful, or frustrated. I said your steps will not be distressed, anxious, fearful, or frustrated. Hmm. And when you run, I love the practicality of this book, I really do. Because, see, this guy understands that sometimes you're walking and sometimes you're running. Sometimes life picks up pace, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He must have seen uh, DFW in a vision. When you travel or go with a sense of urgency, that's what that word run means. When you, listen to this, when you go to and fro in battle, see, you're, you're in the fight at times. I mean, you're right in the heat of the fray sometimes when you're walking by faith, and I mean, it feels like you, you are swinging that sword, and, and as soon as you swing it, another thing comes at you, and you swing it again, and another thing comes at you. Hmm? You know what I'm talking about. And so you start calling people, I need you to help me pray. Hmm? Sometimes life gets faster, and you have to pick up that pace. But look at this. And when you run, you will not stumble. Wow. See, you don't have to sweat it. You won't fall because you're in the way of wisdom. You'll walk. You'll never be anxious or fearful. You'll run. You'll never fall. Hmm. Verse 13. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Wow. She is your life. This is our understanding of the Word of God. The Word of God is life, isn't it? Look at John chapter 6 for just a moment. The Word of God, the wisdom of God is life. John chapter 6 and verse 66. John 666. It's actually kind of an appropriate scripture for that number. From that time... Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Verse 67, then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? See, Jesus had been talking about his blood and his body. And he was, and he was saying, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, bless you. And the, a lot of them just couldn't get that. They were like, okay, that's... Uh, you cross the line there. I don't know what you're talking about. He wasn't talking about literally eating his flesh and literally drinking his blood. And they couldn't, they couldn't hang it, hang with him. And so it says many of them walked away. And Jesus didn't go chase him. No, 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 no. You don't understand what I mean. You come back here. Let me explain. He just let him go. And he looked at his 12, his faithful 12, and said, you want to go too? You want to go too? Hmm? Look at, I love this. Good old Peter, once again. Verse 68, but Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Listen to this. You have the words of eternal life. Hmm. There's a revelation. 
The word of God is life. It's life and it's eternal life. Amen. And a true disciple of the Lord understands that. One that's willing to stick with him knows that he hangs on his words. Look at verse 14. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Now, I'm going to give you the message translation because I think this is fantastic. Don't take wicked bypass. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're driving along in life, right? And here comes a sign, wicked bypass, <laughs> right? Don't take that route. Look, it says, don't so much as set foot on that road. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. The message says, stay clear of it. Give it a wide berth. Make a detour and be on your way. Right? Do one of those granny turns. Get away from it. And keep on moving your way. Right? There are, verse 16, for they do not sleep unless they have done evil. And their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. Now, it's hard to believe that there are people in the earth whose goal is to cause you and others to fall, but they are here. They really are here. You might know them. You might be related to them. (laughs) You might be them. Uh, No, you're here tonight. You're You're not them. Yeah. They're here, and they'll lose sleep until they, until they uh, the message says they can't get a good night's sleep unless they've made life miserable for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Lord. You know, these are the guys that when you get off work on Friday, they say, hey, man, come on, let's go. There was a song years ago that uh, I used to love by a guy named Paul Overstreet. And he's saying, all the fun that I'm ever going to need, I got waiting at home for me. She likes to dance and she loves romance and she throws a great party. <laughs> I'm, let me just read one of the verses to you. This is really good. He says, well, I, <clears throat> I used to be a fool and a sucker for a high time any time, night, or day. I had a round-the-clock smile just call me and I would be a readily on my way. But to tell you the truth, I was lonesome and blue, praying for a little light in my life. And then a miracle came and everything changed, and I made that little woman my wife. Y'all know that song? All the fun that I'm ever going to need, I got waiting at home for me. Yeah, she likes to dance, and she loves romance, and she throws a great party. (laughs) Yeah, good song. He says, never any dull minutes around here, something always going on, all the fun that a man could want, I got waiting at home for me. That's good. Yeah. But you know, there are those who, are, who, 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 their lives are miserable, so they're looking for somebody else to make them miserable too, you know? And they're not going to rest until they do it. And they're aggressive about it. So you have to be aggressive, not toward them, but about staying on the path of wisdom. Yes. Amen. Right. Amen. Yeah. Verse 17. Well, we're cooking it tonight. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and they drink the wine of violence. They eat the bread of... Now, this isn't just cute allegorical language. Think about it. Bread and wine. Bread 
and wine. The bread of wickedness, the wine of violence. See, they have a different covenant than you. Mm -hmm. They have different values. Other things are important to them. The word for violence means cruelty, damage, injustice, and oppression. That's their covenant. We have a covenant with bread and wine. For I received of the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup after they had supper. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Our covenant is all about Jesus. Hallelujah. All about what he did. All about his grace in our life. And all he's telling us as we come together at this covenant meal is to just remember him. Wow. How good do we have it, ladies and gentlemen. How wonderful is our God. And who could forget him? Verse 18. You hear me quote this one a lot. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Now, what this tells us is if you stay on the path of the just, or that is the righteous, there will always be a light shining on your life. Hmm. And that light will cause your days to be perfect. Now, let me give you the word for perfect here. This is really powerful. To be established, prepared, to be fixed, to be steadfast. I like this one. To cause to stand in an upright position. See, instead of stumbling and falling, you'll go through life standing in an upright position. Amen. All because you chose wisdom over dumb. Amen. Amen. Does this help you tonight? Amen. Hmm? Let me just finish with that last verse because when we get to 20, that's a whole new section, all right? The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. You know why? Because they're living in the world of dumb. Amen. The lights are out. Nobody's home. Right? Living in the world of dumb. Because outside of the knowledge and the wisdom of God, you're stupid. That's all there is to it. It's true. I mean, you can have. I mean, you can be smart in this by the, this world standards. You can have degrees and all those kinds of things. God bless you in that. None of that's going to wash out. I mean, it's all going to just come to nothing in the end. And the smartest thing that you could ever do is grab a hold of the wisdom of God, because the Bible says it's the it's the wisdom of God. Actually, He says it's the foolishness of God that confounds the wise. He's chosen the foolish things of this world, right here. To confound the wise, right? The weak things, the debased things. Yeah, I'm in that number. How about you? Amen? We confound the wise. There were some, I told you this the other day, they were talking about how they did this study, this test, on, and they, they proved that atheists were smarter than Christians. You know, well, duh, really? That's, that's I didn't know that wasn't common knowledge. I didn't know that. It's true. 
I was reading on the news on that. I, was, I think it was in Yahoo News or something. And I was reading some of the comments. <laughs> Later on. Reading some of the comments. And one guy says, yeah, but they're still going to hell. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good thought. But <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to call wise, call wise. But you're wise when you take God's wisdom, when you receive his word, his instruction. Amen. You choose his path. Praise God. It leads to everlasting life. His words are life. Amen. Are you all right? No, I'm, not, I'm not slamming anybody. I'm really not. I think everybody ought to get an education. I think everybody should, be, um, should do what they can to um, gain understanding and knowledge. Just, you just cannot educate yourself out of the word of God. Just don't ever come to that place. Amen. You think that what this world offers is greater than what God has. Because I'm telling you, God's, God's ability through you far exceeds what the world can do. Amen. Amen. He'll give you insight that blow this world up. It's amazing. In Acts chapter 4, they looked at Peter and James and John. It says that when they, they saw them and they understood that they were not educated men. It says they were unlearned. Oh, they were just fishermen. That's all they were. That's all they'd ever known. Just fishing. It says they, they perceived that they were unlearned. But when they saw them, they saw the things that they did. Laying hands on sick people and seeing them recover. It says they realized they'd been with Jesus. Amen. Their lives have been marked by Jesus. Boy, that's the mark I want people to see. Not what kind of education I got. Not what kind of Bible college I went to. But does it look like I've been with Jesus? Amen. Hmm? There's his mark on my life. Am I looking like him when I speak? And when I touch others, when I pray? Am I... When I walk through life, are others seeing him? Amen? And when you grab a hold of wisdom, you'll look like Jesus because that's who he is. Hallelujah. Father, I just want to say thank you for this time under your word. Thank you, Lord, for the instruction that we find in the word. We thank you for the correction that we find in your word. Lord, we thank you. And we, Lord, we open up our lives to your word tonight for, for whatever correction needs to take place, Lord. Right now, we just say, okay, I choose your way. I'm, I, I receive your correction. See, the correction that God brings in your life, ladies and gentlemen, is not to harm you, not to hurt you. It's to help you. The Bible says, whoever the Lord loves, he corrects. Amen? Amen. Father, I just thank you right now, God. And I thank you, Lord, for encouraging your people and building them tonight through your word, through your promises. Thank you, Lord, for the, the many, many promises that we find throughout this wonderful book of Proverbs, God, that you've laid out for us, Lord. Just, Lord, for practical living and what that can do, taking these principles into our life and what it can do to our everyday lives. Lord, it can truly make what seems to be just a normal day an extraordinary day because, God, we are seekers of your wisdom, seekers of your truth, Lord, and aggressive about, about your instruction in our life. And I thank you, God, now that your blessing is upon your people and they're going out just like they have been blessed and they're coming in. I thank you, Lord, that though their enemy comes at them one way, he'll have to flee in seven. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father God, that their marriages are blessed. God, I thank you in Jesus' name that their children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be their peace. I thank you, my Father, that you give your angels charge over your people to keep them in all their ways. Thank you, Lord, that no evil shall befall them 
and no plague shall come near their dwelling. I thank you, my God, that a thousand may fall at their side and 10,000 at their right hand, but it shall not come near them. They are blessed wherever they go, and everything their hand touches prospers. You've made your people to be the head and not the tail. Above, not beneath. First, not last. Victors, no longer victims. And now, Lord, I truly thank you and praise you that you caused the mountains and the hills to break forth with singing and the trees of the field to clap their hands as we go forth with the joy of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.